Hello, conspiracy players. The following is a guest appearance on somebody else's show, but still guaranteed to be some good shit. Stay tuned for more original content from Conspiracy Playtime. Baby, I'm a gangster too, and it takes me to tangle. You don't wanna mess with me, mess with me. Baby, I'm a gangster too. <laughs> Trigger warning. This podcast may include explicit content that will take you out of your comfort zone and make you question reality. Listener's discretion is advised. Don't fuck with me, fellas! This ain't my first time at the rodeo. Alright, everyone, welcome back. To another episode of Cosmic Beach Podcast. Tonight it is the monthly breakdown shakedown. And I didn't plan this, but it's Colby yet again. We're having back to back Colby. So uh what's up, Colby? How are you? Back to back. All right. I'm mm-hmm. special. I'm doing all right. <laughs> it's a uh early afternoon where I'm at, so my drink is uh, an acceptable daytime drink uh I'm, I'm ready to go what are you drinking over there it's a mangmosa a mangmosa mangmosa okay so i'm just gonna guess it's mango juice and champagne or wine or something ding 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 yeah it's a mimosa <laughs> with mango juice and I, I i got the thick mango puree so it's kind of like ectoplasm oh. L- little Ooh. thematic how fitting for our episode yeah all right so i'm having um woodford reserve meat and I'm chasing it with this new thing I discovered. It's called Olipop. And it's classic root beer flavor. But get this shit, Colby. It's 35 calories. It literally, it's water. But it tastes just like freaking uh, root beer. And um, it says our old-fashioned root beer melds just the right mix of classic bite and creamy sweetness with extracts of sweet birch smooth vanilla bean and real burdock root this is water mind you so there's no refined sugar it doesn't say so it says 35 calories zero on everything and it says total sugar is two grams which isn't too bad no not at all and i see it's got probiotics and plant fiber yeah it has probiotics botanical Yep. <laughs> it says a new kind of soda. I'm not shitting you. This tastes just like Barks. And really? I don't feel guilty drinking it. Yeah, soda is uh, horrible for you. I mm-hmm. I drank it in high school and I I played sports and I'd be really thirsty and I'd go slam a Mountain Dew and then wonder why I was having like heart palpitations at night. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so hilarious. I used to drink, I, well, I'm a Coca-Cola kind of person, but I used to drink Cokes all the time. 
and um it's really just sugar with bubbles so i cut i cut that out but it's cool to be able to like drink this with alcohol um because they totally cancel each other out right i got my prebiotics and my straight whiskey there you go um but you know colby there's um there's been like something strange going on in my neighborhood and i was wondering if you knew anyone i could call yeah, I would call Melissa McCarthy, Kate McKinnon. <laughs> I, I hear they're they're the new boss bitches in town. Uh-huh. Uh, uh they are the the feminized ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. I hope we don't even talk about that movie aside from the the little lame joke I just made because I got like halfway through it and then I broke it over my knee and ended up paying thirteen dollars to Redbox. I thought it was totally worth it to shatter that thing so no one oh, else could watch it. Oh my god! Yeah, I hated that one. But we are talking about the classic nineteen eighty four Ghostbusters for our breakdown shakedown. Uh, I'm really excited about this. We're going to be actually talking about Ghostbusters 1 and 2. And I have a surprise for you, Colby. Oh, yeah. forgot. And let me, I'm pulling it up right now. Okay, here we go. Just a moment. I want to do this in the beginning because I do not want you to have any help. Hang on. Is it a quiz? It's a quiz of sorts, yes. Okay, can you see my screen? Yes. We're going to play Ghostbusters Jeopardy. To start off our episode. All right. Awesome. And now this is just for part one. Okay, so, so I'm you... ready. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. You're I'm team one and you're team no, you you're team one and I'm team two. Okay, so what is your first category? I'll take quotes for three hundred. Quotes for three. Lewis Tully. Even though you do your own taxes, finish the quote. What is, even though you really shouldn't? (laughs) I can't believe you remembered that. I watched it two nights ago. (laughs) And I love Rick Moranis in in this movie. I'm going to answer it as well. Can we play the same questions or no? No, I'll just let you have this one. I mean, because I think it's like, if you think you do your own taxes, which I highly recommend you don't or something like that. Let's see. Let's see. Which you shouldn't do, you know? Yeah, you were right. (laughs) I was half right because I didn't say do, you know? Okay, so you're getting that point. Ooh, you're very lenient. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Okay, so I'm going to do the technology for 400. What does Egon advise the other Ghostbusters to not do to the trap? Let me read that again. 
What does Egon advise the other Ghostbusters to not do to the trap? To the trap? Don't look inside of it. Yeah, I agree, but I, I think they asked it wrong because it's Ray that says it, and Egon says, oh, I looked in the trap. Very, I like, know, right? Yeah, so this question... But it's not to look in the trap, though, yeah, right? Yeah, but That's, it's... Okay. Can you hear that? Don't look anymore? directly into the trap. Well, this is... See, we're already correcting the game, because I guarantee you that's Ray that says that. I promise you it is, and he's like, oh, shit, I looked in, into the trap. Yeah, and he's making this real, like, crazy-ass face. Okay. What is your next category? Let's do cast for 300. This one? Yeah. Or supporting cast, I guess. Okay. What is the name of the actress who played Louis Tully's dance partner at the party at his apartment? If you know this, I'm going to freak the fuck no, out. But you know what's funny is I listened to a podcast yesterday and the guy actually said it, but I have no fucking idea. No, no memory. I of it. had never seen that actress before that movie. And never again since. She's probably a supermodel, is my guess. She's something. Are you taking an L on this one, or you yeah. want to guess? I, okay. I gotta take the L. I mean, I'm sure if I guess, it's like Suzanne Jones or something, and I and I'm wrong. I, I get the loss anyway. So Suzanne Jones. Why not? Okay. Gene Kasem. Oh shit! I didn't know that because that's Casey Kasem's wife, and he's also in the movie. Oh, well, yeah, because he does the radio intro thing and he's like, the boys in blue, slug yeah. it out. It with shows a him. Pesky poltergeist. And yeah. Then, and then Larry King, right after him, before he was even on TV, he was strictly radio back then. It shows mm -hmm. Larry King smoking a cig. Hopefully, that's not a question <laughs> later <laughs> on. I'm going to do the ghost for 500. The ghosts in the library performed what type of book stacking? Vertical. So easy. Oh, no. Symmetrical. I lost. So much for my memory. So are Symmetrical we... book stacking. Shouldn't you have minus 300 on, on the last one for me? No. Is that it's just zero... I'm in not. Jeopardy. This is cosmic okay. peach. Jeopardy. Okay, I, if, I'll play by your rules. I was just curious. Okay. Because if we get it wrong, we get zero points, and our score stays the same. If we get it right, we get extra points. Perfect. So in I'm the, not subtracting anybody's points. In the movie, during that symmetrical book stacking scene, Ray says, "It's like the mass." The Philadelphia Mass Turbulence of 1947, and I wrote to look into that. I wanted to see if that was a real thing. I'm sure it is. But anyway, a little side note. That's interesting. Stuff. I love What's it. your category? Uh, let's do the men for 500. Okay. Just... What degree or degrees does Peter Venkman hold? He what holds, the fuck question he, is this? He holds two degrees. He holds a degree in parapsychology and psychology. That's hard. Let's see if you're right. <laughs> you get 500 points. <laughs> Do you remember that scene when the, the Walter Peck character asks him, mm -hmm. what are you a doctor of? And he says, what well, kind of degrees. doctor are I you? I hold degrees in parapsychology and psychology. I said it in the reverse order, but oh well. 
That's awesome that you remember that. Okay, the quotes for 500. Let me see. Okay, Peter Venkman. Alice, I'm going to ask you a couple of standard questions, okay? <laughs> Have you or any of your family ever been diagnosed schizophrenic or mentally incompetent? And she says, my uncle thought he was St. Jerome. Nice. Perfect. I, and then he's like, I call that a yes. Yeah, I'd say that's a big yes. <laughs> I'd say that's a big oh, yes. Oh, you said, you said it right. Okay, okay, this is fun. I like it. Because these are All like... Right. There's no quote too small or fact too small in Ghostbusters. Right. Except for Casey Kasem's fucking wife, which I should have remembered. <laughs> All right. So you're 800 and I'm 900. So we're going toe to neck toe. Neck and neck, baby. Woo! All right. I'm gonna What's do, your category? Let's do the ghosts for 400. Ghosts for 400. Okay. What was the ultimate form of the Destructor? The ultimate form? I guess the ultimate. I guess I'm going to have to say it was the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Because Is that your that it... final answer? Yeah, because I... <sighs> okay, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, 400 points. Team one. I need to catch up. Okay, let's see. I should do the technology for five. I don't know. That's risky. That's risky. Mm, I'm going to go for it. Oh, easy. What happens when you cross the streams? Total protonic reversal. Am I close? Yeah, something, <laughs> something I, I, reversal. I'd, I'd say you're close enough no matter what answer they give. Because, yeah. Total some protonic nucleal reversal. Molecular That's what I'm going nucleal. With. Yeah. Either one. Oh, I was right. You didn't. You, you you got. You said more than that. So I'd say. Proton. Yeah, Yay! I'm winning. Okay. <laughs> What's right. your category? Hmm. Let's do the men for four hundred. The men for four hundred. Okay. What did Peter stop Egon from doing that he was sure would work if? Egon hadn't been stopped. Oh, this is easy. What is drilling a hole in his own head? Abso-fucking-lutely. <laughs> Drill a hole through his own head. Have you seen the yes. movie Pie? No. You know who Darren Aronofsky is? Requiem for Dream. Oh, yes. I do know that movie. So his, yeah. his, in, his movie before that was a 16mm black and white experimental cerebral journey called Pie. P-I. No spoilers, but it has something to do with that. You should watch it. It's mm. pretty, pretty fascinating. I think you'd dig it. I was just listening to you and Davey talk about Skin and Ink. And if you like that, you would probably definitely like pie. I just like things that are unusual, I guess. So it's my turn, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do quotes for 400. Janine Melnitz, do you believe in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full transmedium, Ness monster, and the theory of Atlantis? As long as there's a steady paycheck involved, I'll believe anything you say. Boom! Wow, that was verbatim. <laughs> okay. Good job. Let's go back to the old drawing board here. All right. 
I'm going to go back to tried and true. Let's do the men for 300. Okay. These four actors played the original Ghostbusters. Wow. This should be a 100 point question. No shit. I'd hate to see what the 100 point is. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Ernie Hudson, Harold Ramis, Bill Murray, <laughs> and Dan Aykroyd. You started with the least likely one. That surprised me. Okay. Yes. I said it in the exact opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say like Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd. Yes, a point for you. On the In the casting, in the Bill credits, it says Bill Murray's name first and then Dan Aykroyd mm. because I think Bill Murray was the bigger star at that point. I'm going with the technology for 300. What is the license plate of the Ghostbusters car? Ecto-1. I didn't know that. Yes. One. Good job. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, Colby, you're up. You know what scares me the most out of all these? The supporting cast for 500. Well, that's the one. I, me that's the, the one, most. That's the one I'm gonna do. Gotta all go right. You're a trooper. How did Peter describe Dana when he saw her after her symphony rehearsal? How the fuck is that supporting cast? I don't. I don't know. Uh, How did Peter describe Dana when he saw her after her symphony rehearsal? I'm going to have to guess because I don't remember. Do you remember this? I remember how he described the guy she was with. He said something about being able to hear her and she's like one of the best one in her row. Yeah. Oh, is that the maybe answer? Maybe that's maybe yeah, that's the that. answer. You get the points if that's the case, because I was just gonna guess like electric. The best answer. one in her row. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I will gladly take the points. Oh wow, I'm I'm getting kicked. It's all right. I'll let you have supporting cast for four hundred. I'm going with the ghost for three hundred. When Lewis Tolley was possessed, what it was his full name and title. Vince Ortho Gatekeeper Vince, am I close? Vince Clortho Keymaster Keymaster Oh yeah Keymaster I'm giving myself that point Because it was very close No, you were 100% on that Okay what All is right. your category? I'm down a swift thousand here. Uh, I'm going to go. Let's do supporting cast for 400. Even though those. Are questions. you sure? Yeah. Okay. What was the name of the EPA enforcement agent that came to inspect the Ghostbusters firehouse? Walter Peck. <laughs> I don't even have to click it. Yes, that is correct. Yes, so it's you're... true. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. <laughs> You know, I love how he portrayed that character, by the way, because it's like the proverbial I'm being polite, but also fuck you kind of character. What do you do, Mr. Vankman? You know what he reminds me of? What? He he is the yin to Bill Murray's yang. They're both fucking conceited assholes. And their Mm -hmm. first encounter. Pretentious. If it let's pretend Egon would have ran into him, the entire movie would have gone down a different path. I think. Right. So because he would have been like, 
more I I don't know it was like a standoff of egos when those two met yeah exactly and that actor mm -hmm. says to this day people call him dickless on the sidewalk <laughs> and so uh for three years after this movie came out he was in Die Hard and his he was like the TMZ-esque report news reporter and his mm -hmm. name his name was Dick something <laughs> so no Dick, way it was yeah I shit you not Wow, so he just plays a dick in every movie he's in. I guess he'd been typecasted after that encounter in I the, guess uh, so. the mayor's office. I'm going to go with the quotes for 200. Peter Venkman, wait, wait, I've always wanted to try this. I mean, he pulled, and the flowers are still standing. I think that's what they're looking for, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Colby. Let's do the men for two. The men for 200. Okay. Egon collects these strange things. You have to know this. Mucus, spores, and fungus or something like that? Or something? You, you're right on mold, it. Mold, for... spores, and fungus. Yes. Yes. There you go. Mold, spores, and fungus. Mucus is what Bill and Murray says. Mold and Egon, you're... you're uh... <laughs> Your mucus. Your mucus. <laughs> Someone blows your nose and you want to keep it? <laughs> All right. So the technology for 200. What kind of meter does Egon use in the library? E now, EVP, what is the... Do you know what this one is? Because you can have the points on it if you know. I don't know it. Off the top of my head. Because, you know, he has this little thing with yeah. the little... Is it the same thing he uses in the hotel when he, like, pokes that dude? <laughs> that's yes. One my, that's one of my favorite Egon scenes. <laughs> just I like, love that The scene. little things that these characters do just tells so you... So subtle. I mean, and I know that a lot of this shit was improvised, which I appreciate. I love that. I don't even he, think... He goes up the guy and then he, like... <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> He's real. <laughs> I don't even think Rick Moranis did anything that wasn't improvised as far as like you know that scene where he's walking down and he's like explaining the price of the salmon but he did tax right off that was a really long shot really he's the camera's panning down the table following him he did that all improvised in one take what a genius of yeah. an actor I mean, like for, honestly he is and i mean he's one of those underrated guys i believe his wife died and he he got out of the game to raise his kids i know that's R.I.P. to his career because he was great. But the wife and super yeah. funny, <laughs> right? I don't know what this is. I guess I'll just take it L, P.K.E. I oh, never. Oh, you were so cool. That. But you said like E.K.G. or something, didn't you? you were I yeah, but that's like what monitors your heart rate. So well, it's P.K.E. Not... I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I don't know. I missed that one. What are you going with? Uh, let's do ghosts for two. Okay. What, what was Ray's big plan to capture the ghost in the library? Get her! <laughs> yeah. Get her done. <laughs> All right. You get the points on that. I'm going to go with, um, the quotes for 100. Peter Venkman. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass, right? <laughs> right. 
<laughs> okay. All caps. Kicked its ass. <laughs> What's your category? Let's do supporting cast for two. Let's see what kind of interesting questions. How many feet above the cover sits Dana sleep? I think it's four. You're saying no. I'm not going to say the answer, but that's I'm... not it. Okay, well, that was my... Use your best conspiracy mind to Six. think about what it might... Okay, thank you. Oh, you're right! Oh my gosh. You're getting a point for sure, <laughs> but that just goes to show you how bad my memory is. I just watched this and I thought, why didn't he say six? You know, six feet I, in my under, mind six feet like apart. Six feet above the covers, but no, well, you were I just right. could see Bill Murray four feet above the covers. <laughs> mm. All right. I'm going with the ghost for 100. What did the first ghost that the Ghostbusters caught do to Peter? The first ghost that they caught. Oh, the Slimer. He's got slimed, right? Yep. Slimed. It's funny how underwhelming that delivery is on Bill Murray's part, even though this is an iconic line in the movie. I think um, I would have had the same reaction. I think that the... the feel funky <laughs> yeah i think the funniness of that scene comes from him just being totally yeah. underwhelmed yeah i mean on, I, honestly I, I love how in the beginning in the library he's the most skeptical out of the three of them but when they see the ghost for the first time he's the one who's not even faced by it he's just like well, he's like so what do we do <laughs> egon right. egon shows the most emotion in the entire movie in that scene when they see the ghost for the first time or, and then no, like almost nothing for the rest of aside the movie. from in the uh mayor's office where he goes your mother <laughs> like so <laughs> so out of character for him and such a diss your mother <laughs> I watched this interview um, of his daughter and she was like, I just want everyone to know that my dad was nothing like Egon. Yeah. That he was actually really funny and well, super he wrote and directed some of the best comedies of the last 30 years. Yeah. For some reason, people see him as being like this real... It was this um, role that did it to him. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What's your category? Uh, let's do men for 100. Okay, Peter, is this doctor's first name? Are they just going for Rankman? Is that really what they're going for? I, I mean, I'm saying I don't know what else they could Oh be my here. God, is that even a question? Well, that was, it was 100. That's like, you know, what is it? Yeah. Who wants to be a millionaire? The, the first question, it's always the throwaway. Right, jeez. I'm going with the technology for 100. In the elevator at the hotel, what do the Ghostbusters have strapped to their back? An unlicensed nuclear accelerator, right? I was going to say proton pack, but that's what they <clears throat> call it in that scene. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Even if you get this one, I still win. You know, I like how you didn't get stuck on 33. <laughs> you got off of that number. Now if I can get off 3,000. Supporting cast. Well, Lewis Tully's day job was this. Yes. So we were close. 
yeah. 300 point difference. That, That's pretty that, good. That, uh, you know what fucked me was the Casey Kasem's wife. Yeah, and that I was the hardest question too. on the whole board. Isn't that weird? <laughs> you went for throats, though. You were like supporting cats for 500. I was like, oh shit. I think that one was the 400. No, let's see. 60. Oh, that was the 500. Damn. And you got that one. No. That's because I've watched the, the movie a thousand times. It was the 300. Wait a second. What? Yeah, that's crazy. What a that, question. That, that should have been four or five. Four or five least. for sure. Okay. What? Good job, Julia. If I was going to lose to somebody, I'd want it to be you. Okay. <laughs> We'll have to do another one of horror movies or like Stanley Kubrick, Jeopardy. Stanley and then... Kubrick. I, I'm not a huge horror mm-hmm. guy, but I do love everything Kubrick and Ridley Scott. Well, I'll I'll try to find one and then we can play that next time. We still need to do our little uh, I know roundtable with Davey and maybe another person even, but at least us three doing Kubrick. We could definitely all three play Jeopardy too. So I'll look for one and we'll have to get that in the works. But tonight we are going all Ghostbusters. I'm talking Ghostbusters 1 and 2. I have so many notes. I'm really excited to get into this. But um, if you're okay with it, I'm just going to read off for the listeners a little bit of the stuff uh, that everybody knows. Um Ghostbusters is a 1984 American supernatural comedy film directed and produced by Ivan Reitman and written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. It stars Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, um, Harold Ramis, and um, let's see, Sigourney Weaver, Rick Moranis, and Annie Potts. And it's based on... Dan Aykroyd's own fascination with spirituality. Do you have any extra bits you want to add? Uh, just as far as Dan Aykroyd goes, I think it's intriguing that his great grand grandfather in the 1900s was a paranormal investigator, I believe. Dude, when I looked into it, it said he was a spiritualist quote-unquote like okay. that's how well, that... they describe a marina abramovich as a spiritualist that's I, I, literally the term that they I describe her as a cunt <laughs> that's just me uh she's a performance artist right i don't know what she was but they called her a spiritualist she's many so things, but that's crazy that they put those two in the same basket well and the thing is is like Dan Aykroyd had to rewrite everything because that was the other thing. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be a comedy at first. It was going to be, and I've said that before. Sci-fi, epic, yeah, like there was going to be dimension jumping. There was going to be like the original uh, Stay Puft was like one of many sequences of them fighting like huge monstrosities and shit. I mean, he was ahead of his time. If he had like the budget of Disney and Marvel. He could have made the thing that he wrote. Yeah, he could have. And so he actually, so when they told him it was never going to work as a sci-fi film and he was like, okay, it's got to be a comedy. He actually was writing a role for um, John Belushi because mm-hmm. of the Blues Brothers. And he wanted to do this with him. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but he died, John Belushi died in 1982, and the script had to be rewritten again. Um, and I have some more Slimer? interesting about Slimer. Was that a rewrite? Slimer was an homage to John Belushi. They were trying to make like a John Belushi-esque from Animal House type character. <gasps> so that oh, is, wow. that's the tip of the hat to John Belushi. Oh, well, that's freaking awesome. Cause like I researched this thing up and down and that I did not know. Well, so also, that's a really good find. In the video game, apparently there was a video game. Uh, they did a, like a digital version of John Belushi as his spiritual advisor. He's a ghost. And he comes back and t talks to Dan Aykroyd and gives him advice and shit. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. That's really cool. Um, So I have some weird stuff that I found about John Belushi's death that I'll get into in just a second. But so Ghostbusters was released on June 8th. And people were really skeptical that this was even going to be a good movie. But it you know obviously became like a cultural phenomenon i think but it was what's the crazy one grossing comedy until home alone came out it was but like when you compare it to the other movies that came out that year it's like what a year to be alive like dude ghostbusters dropped and then it was gremlins the karate kid the terminator a nightmare on elm street the first one and the never-ending story all came out this year and ghostbusters wow. like topped them all but when you think cultural standards like what's a cult classic they're all cult classics and they all gremlins terminator yeah that's crazy they're all the original movies and franchises right right list. yes so, I mean, like, damn, I would I have loved that. to be alive in 1984. <laughs> I was, but I was one years old, so I wasn't really watching <laughs> movies yet. I wouldn't be born for another 10 years. <laughs> but I love all those movies, like The NeverEnding Story, come on, Falcor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But so Ghostbusters, like I said, was inspired by Dan Aykroyd's fascination with and belief in the paranormal. Um, and let's see. He inherited, which he inherited this interest from his father, who later wrote a book called A History of Ghosts. His mother claimed to have paranormal experiences. His grandfather experimented with radios to contact the dead. And was a renowned spiritualist. And then it says, in 1981, Dan Aykroyd read an article on quantum physics and parapsychology. And it gave him the idea of actually trapping ghosts. And so the idea of Ghostbusters was born. And um, he actually, the original script, after he decided it was going to be a comedy, was going to star John Belushi and Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, you know, it, I feel like Ernie Hudson got the shaft in a lot of ways on this. He did. They, they really shrunk his part down after Eddie Murphy was tied up with shooting Beverly Hills Cop. Which is but a great movie, by the way. Also a great movie. And it, it, he just, it took too long for Aykroyd to get this off the ground. But do you do you realize that when he finally was given the green light, they were giving him the release date 
a fort from the day he got it at the stamp of approval of 14 months to hit theaters. So this was shot and That's edited in 14 too... months. Especially like, with think all about the really that. cool like they some of the coolest shit. Like I hate CGI. I don't watch shit like that, like the newer stuff, but like the the opening scene with the cards, they just pushed the drawers out and they had a vacuum and they were blowing those cards up. Like real <gasps> low, real low bud shit. And wow. then of course they have like the ghosts which is green screen technology. And then they have the stop start with uh, the dogs, you know, the gatekeeper mm-hmm. and the key master. The worst graphics in that movie are the dogs. They are. Everything else looks pretty, pretty dope. Apparently if you get the 4k updated high def shit, the dogs look pretty cool, but I kind of like the nostalgic, like shitty stop start <laughs> animation for 1984. It looked pretty fucking good. <laughs> okay they're the worst thing you're right they are the worst things in the movie everything else that fucking creepy ass taxi driver dude colby they look like dog turds (laughs) they look look so bad my friend had a boxer pit mix that looked just like those fucking things without the red eyes no they just they they were hairless they literally looked like walking piles of shit i mean they were but so is this dog I'm describing. <laughs> uh, but no, okay. So I want to, I want to give the listeners a little background on um, the death of John Belushi because, and I hope this is uh, even impressive to you because I did a kind of a deep dive on that. Um, and so John Belushi had an accidental quote unquote death in March of 1982. And it says that he died from a combination of bad drugs by a drug dealer named Kathy Smith. And it says that he was injected with a mixture of heroin, cocaine, um, and it was like a deadly amount. Um, and it was at the Chateau Marmont Hotel in West Hollywood, California. So I know you've heard me talk about the Chateau Marmont before. Mm -hmm. And this is the hotel that was the inspiration for Hotel California. But it's also been referred to in songs by like Miley Cyrus, um, Panic at the Disco, The Grateful Dead, Lana Del Rey. They all talk about the Chateau Marmont. And um, Tuesday Weld, Anton LaVey. They all talked about the Chateau Marmont. Um, And I think that it's interesting um, that he would have died there. Now, do you think that he was murdered? Uh, There's some stuff around his death that I recently heard that really tripped me the fuck out. But Mm -hmm. I don't know what the reason for murdering him. Of course, he did die at 33 which mm-hmm. like Chris Farley and John, how old was John Candy when he died? I can Google it really quick. But do you know see. the connection between all those three that I just named and Phil Hartman and a few other dead comedians? What? They looked at this script and it was about a Canadian, it was a Canadian thing and it was a, about a Eskimo. It was a comedy and anybody who like read this role ended up dying you're shitting so i heard this last week it was this guy named tomas or thomas and he's a stand-up comedian that davy wavy used to work with and 
This is the second time he had him on. And this guy's pretty like straight and narrow when it comes to conspiracies, but he brought this to Davey's attention. Davey hadn't heard of it. I haven't heard of it. Apparently you haven't. I'll get the title of the movie and send it to you. You're going to do a whole episode on it. I can already tell. Oh, <laughs> shut the front uh, door. That, is that real? Google what movie did and list some of those actors I just named. What script did they? It's a cursed script that Belushi, Candy, Farley, Hartman. What script did they look at? Okay, let's see if it comes up. Because Davey was able to bring it up when they were talking about it. Uh, a took? Yep, that's it. That's the name? Hollywood Atuk's script something. that killed six actors. It's right here. <gasps> what so who, the fuck is this? Wait a second, wait I a second. Five. It says a call, uh, Hollywood script that has killed six actors. Um, the story is about an Inuit poem, something, something Toronto. You, but the movie, he lives in Alaska. Jesus Christ. A woman visits his town in Alaska. Da 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 da. John Belushi. Two months later, Catherine Evelyn Smith. Oh, that's the that's who killed him. The script went back to the market. Uh, Sam Kinison. Oh, he read for it too. Yep, dead. John Candy, dead. Chris Farley, dead. Um, I must have missed someone. Did anybody look at it? Did you say Phil Hartman? Phil Hartman dead. Did you, did you, does it say anything about anybody reading it that didn't die? Or is it just everybody who fucking, and they probably can to this thing after six people were killed by it. I would say uh, you got to close the movie down. I mean, so 3 a.m. Someone entered the bedroom of Phil Hartman and shot him twice in the head. Yeah. So 3 a.m. Um, that, so we have a three there and then Chris Farley was 33. John Candy. He was older than that. Was on his, he was 43. Ooh, three. And then this guy, Sam Kinison. You know who he is? Stand-up comedian. No. He had like long curly hair and he always wore a beret. He was a big dude and he'd always be like, I, I, after his jokes, he had this scream. He was a preacher. He was, Weird. came from a religious background and he was going to be a preacher, but he became this coked up stand-up. You'd like him. You should check him out. Sam Kinison. That's, I'll have to look into it. It just says in 1988, eight days of film, managed eight days of filming before halted. They halted the production. So eight. Um, then, you know you're a big eight person. <laughs> right. John Belushi was 33. Wow. What a rabbit hole. Let me not just tie right off into that for too long. But so the whole hotel, Mar the, the Chateau Marmont thing, I think is also a connection with that because it's like a cursed place. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and actually there was something, yeah, right here. So I found an interview of Dan Aykroyd and it was someone talking to him and asking him if he ever had any like real life paranormal experiences. And he said, so the interviewer says, as an actor and musician, you've traveled the world and stayed in many hotels. What have what have been your own paranormal hotel experiences? And he said, I have not had many hotel experiences. And then it says, well, the Chateau Marmot has a lot of stuff going on, though, and I've stayed there a lot. Things have come off the wall, and I had an out-of-body experience there once, and I was flying around the dining room. What? Yeah, he was astral projecting? And it says... I guess so. And then it says, um, the lamp broke after my friend said he saw the lamp above him start to shake. And he says that was just before John Belushi died two weeks later. Okay. I was going to ask if this interview was post Belushi death. Apparently it is. Right. And it says, actually, I had a friend who was a sensitive and went to the place where John died. And he said he saw him. John appeared to him at the Chateau Marmont. He was a green slammer. (laughs) So interesting, right? Yeah. Especially with this cursed script, which I'm just going to have to look into that at another time. Isn't that something that we should all know about? Yet mind blowing. I, I wonder if why. they finished making the movie. No, I'm not going to look the it movie, up now. The but... movie is sitting; it's still available, but no one wants to touch it. Apparently, I'm not. I'm not watching it. It's like playing Superman. <laughs> so yeah, they will never <laughs> film this movie. I don't think there's unless there's like some actor who's suicidal and he's like, let's just try to make this movie before I fucking right. Die. Why don't they pick like Jared Leto or somebody <laughs> nobody cares about? <laughs> Uh, gain uh, some weight jared you're gonna be a fat eskimo <laughs> right like, let me get off my cross okay man i hate or that like guy. who who's the actor who was in um he's just not that into you and the tusk justin long you don't like or, him yeah he can be in that movie i fucking hate him as an actor and his face annoys every well, cell in my body he did do a really good george harrison and dewey cox Other i don't that, give I a shit what you. he did <laughs> so i want to break down the storyline here are you ready yeah all right so we got the library opening iconic as ever just like you said before it's kind of low budget effects but absolutely iconic the cards are flying out of the little things and we have uh, our first sighting of the old lady librarian ghost and the next scene that it cuts to after that is one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie i don't know why but when Peter Venkman is giving electroshock fucking yes. therapy well, to these kids. I think kids. it's a misunderstood scene too. Do you? Yeah. I because everybody I've ever heard talk about it says this is the scene where you can really tell that Peter is not really into the studies, that he's just a sleaze bag and he's just interested in hooking up with this girl. Uh... But no, he he is doing negative reinforcement 
of ESP. So he's proving that if somebody's angry, that they'll start being ESP and psychic. Yeah. And so he's like letting the girl get all the right answers, even though she gets none of them right. And as it goes on, he starts getting the cards right. And he does because he's yeah. like a couple wavy lines. Yeah. And, and he's, he's just like, like, this is just not your day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, he like reaches towards the button. He's like, no, no. And then he looks at her <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he zaps the shit out of him and the little gum flies. Yeah. This has really started to piss me off. You can keep the five bucks. But to say what I was going to say, he definitely does not miss the opportunity to slide in and try to hit on the girl. But he was doing his serious study, I thought. And then I agree. Actress Elizabeth Shue. No, it was somebody that didn't do a lot. But I just heard this in something I was listening to yesterday. But I've gotten my notes that. How much I love the card ESP studies, and I have in parentheses MK Ultra. Like, mm. what kind of shit are they doing at this school? Because do you remember when they lose their funding? Ackroyd's pissed, and or not pissed, but he's distraught. He's like, Stanford, MIT, forget about it. They won't touch us with a ten foot pole now. And he's yes. like, I love that seat also because he's telling him like, you've never been out of the university field, like private sector. They expect results. They and expect it, results. To yes. me, that was almost a, an homage to uh, trading places with him. Because mm. there's a line about that in there too. So, so if I was going to rate scenes, by the way, and I don't know why, but the, the scene where he's electroshocking that guy is like probably one of my top three favorite scenes in the entire movie. Um, and it's like... The character Bill Murray is portraying is such a pretentious asshole, but he's like so smart and funny that you almost don't care if he's as into it as Egon and Ray. So you have that aspect in all three of the characters. Egon is like the brain and Ray is like the really excited one that just believes in everything. And then you have Venkman who's skeptical of everything. I'd say that uh, Ray and Peter are actually very much like the actors portraying them, where Harold Ramis, like you established earlier, is pretty much the polar opposite. But I do feel like Bill Murray, this was the role for him because I think they'd already done Stripes. But -hmm. if you look at everything that Bill Murray has done since, he is Peter Venkman. And I think that that is Bill Murray. I think Bill Murray did a lot of improvisation with this role. And you know what I would what I would compare it to is if you've seen one Vince Vaughn movie, you've seen all Vince Vaughn movies like Bill Murray is that guy. He's he's Peter Venkman in almost every role he plays, except for what about Bob? What about Bob's different? Yeah. Groundhog Day's Peter Venkman, right? Except except for there's a character. There's a character arc with Groundhog Day. I love that fucking Ghostbusters breaks that rule. There is not a character arc for a single fucking person in this movie. <laughs> no, not even, even carrying at, on into the second movie. Even at the end when Rick Moranis is like, you know, just getting left in the dust. It's just like. A, <laughs> right. Wasn't until um, Ghostbusters 2 where he has his day. Which I just love him as an actor. I used to be really obsessed with Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Not shrunk, but blew up. It was my favorite one. Um, 
So after they get kicked out of the university, they find the firehouse. And one of my most favorite quotes from the movie comes from Spangler. And he says, I think this building should be condemned. <laughs> There's serious metal fatigue in all the lower bearing members. The wiring Lo- substandards. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, it's completely inadequate for our power needs. And the neighborhood is like a demilitarized zone. That is, and then he goes, I think we'll take it. Well, no, because at, right after he says all that, Ray comes running. He's like, Does this pole still work, guys? And then, like, Bill Murray and him look at each other because he's all excited about it. He's like, and then and he's he like, goes, let's, like let's, let's sleep here tonight. Let's try it out. He's like a little teenager. Try it out. Right. He's like 19%. You didn't even bargain with the guy. <laughs> totally took out a second mortgage on his house. And like, so they're, they're going full fledged into it. But right after that, we see the first scene with Sigourney Weaver and Louis Tully. And um, that's another iconic scene. I mean, when he runs out of his apartment, he's like, you know, I always keep like a lot of nutritious snacks in the house, low, low sodium mineral water or like whatever the little thing is, he says. Um, but did you catch the Easter egg when the, the groceries start exploding on the countertop? Yeah, there's the little foreshadowing of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, like, Dana meets the Ghostbusters. Um, and in that scene, there's, like, a mention of... Um, he's like, oh, well, Venkman's like, I'll go back to her apartment. And I'll check her out. I mean, I'll check her apartment out. And... Egon says, well, we'll check all the normal literature, you know, the Tobin spirit <laughs> guide. And yeah. I Googled it and that's not, it's not a real thing. I wanted well, it to be a real thing. It's not. What though. about like Zool and Gozer and these Sumerian things? Is this a real thing? Cause I was going to also look into that and I never did. Are those real? Yeah, it's yeah. real. It's real. So the only thing that wasn't real in, in that aspect was like this Tobin spirit guide or whatever. The, it doesn't exist. I really am um, curious about that Philadelphia mass turbulence of 1947 when he's talking about the books being stuck. You, I wonder if that's real. You should look it up because when I hear Philadelphia, I think of like the Philadelphia, Philadelphia ex- experiment. Yeah. Experiment, and right? What year was yeah. that? Do you know? It was in the 20s. Okay. The Phil- Philadelphia experiment was in the 20s. If I'm, if it wasn't in the 20s, it was like in the 40s because like it was super old. I do want to say at the beginning of this movie, it presents itself as a is either a horror movie or a drama. It doesn't open up like a comedy. And I think the music is really key in this movie. It's like the it's soundtrack almost like is dynamite. 70s, 80s horror. Like mm-hmm. it's really good. It reminds me of like Rosemary's Baby and shit like that. Like just even really... in the second one, the the score... But it's different guys, right? The the it's person's... different guys. Um but the soundtrack of the first Ghostbusters, who are you going to call? Like that, that's iconic forever. But I always thought was that was Huey song. Lewis in the news too. And it's not, it's Ray Parker Jr. You're right. There's another song though, when it's the dream sequence and Ray's having a dream, there's like a ghost taking his pants off or something. And, and that's based then... on something real. What? Yeah, that happened. No. So Dan Aykroyd it, it implies he's going to get a blowjob from a ghost, but that's like a dream, right? But 
he went on Joe Rogan's podcast like fucking five or six years ago. And I fucking love Dan Aykroyd. I love everything he's done. I love all, every character he's ever played, even like the stupider roles. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, he told Joe Rogan that when he and his family bought a house in Northern California, that he was the, it was one of the first nights he was sleeping there. That part I'm not exactly clear on. I'm pretty sure it was pretty fresh, the, ho- the house purchase. And he said that he felt a presence start to spoon him and that he was <gasps> fucking petrified and paralyzed. And Joe's like, wow, man, was it, was it like a, like a, a masculine or a feminine presence? And Dan Aykroyd without even breaking his, breaking his expression just goes, well, it felt like it could have been masculine. And so, and then he, and Rogan's asking him, well, is that what that scene in Ghostbusters came from? He's like, yeah, that's what inspired that. Whoa. Yeah. Damn. That's fucking crazy. So he really does have like he could do a paranormal podcast. Like he's totally into it. I'm pretty sure he was talking about it at one point. I don't know if he ever did, but he has that crystal skull vodka. He's really into uh UFOs too. And oh. Bigfoot. Like he's known for believing everything paranormal. Like there's not anything he's really skeptical about as far as like, so I guess things. like I don't think he's crazy. A, I don't think he's crazy, but I, I mean either. like in the second movie, he owns a bookstore, right? Raise a cult. So I guess like it really is him. Like he's almost playing himself in the movie. He's played probably what he would have tried to do if he didn't become a comedian slash actor. Wow, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dana meets the Ghostbusters. They go back to her hotel, or or they go back to her apartment. Then they get their first call. Uh, we got one, and they meet the Slimer, and the accelerator packs on their back. Da da da. Flowers are still standing. I love when they're in the elevator, and he has Egon flips Ray on, and then he. Just, this is just <laughs> another one of those great things Harold Ramis does. He kind of just scoots back real cautiously, <laughs> like. <laughs> and they're kind of like nudging closer. Like... They, they have not tested this shit out at all. I mean, that's implied <laughs> no. heavily. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is the test. The. When they're breaking down the prices, too, you can see Egon just like, yep, yep. I'm going to yep. ask you for I four love that big scene. ones for that. And then the so thousand dollar containing fee, too. So mm-hmm. I love it. Yes. Well, we could just put it right back in there, can't we? Oh, right. We most certainly can. <laughs> yeah. Then, they haven't thought any of this through. <laughs> no, but if you think about it, the whole them making money on this, it being Ghostbusters or whatever. I can see like how the story progressed into the second movie because they were so successful and there was such a surge because of this Gozer thing. And then like what happens after that? After they've destroyed they the, the portal, they put him on yeah, the other side. You would imagine that it went like way downhill after that. And then that kind of enters us into the second movie because like nobody even cares about the Ghostbusters anymore. But like it's five year gap, correct? five years yes i could still we, I, I have that opening scene memorized five years later and then the crack in the sidewalk and the baby carriage and the pink slime and that's yep. etched into my memory because as a kid 
like I said, I was one when the first one came out, but then my brother and I started watching the Saturday morning cartoon and my mom's like, you know, that's a movie. So she rented it for us. So by the time the second one came out, we were like waiting for it and we liked it more as kids. We thought it was better, even though it's clearly not better. It was so Oh, cool. I was going to ask you if you still stand by that, if you think the second no. one, do you, this... do you think it's just as good or do you think it's worse? I think it's just as good, but I think the third, first third of the movie, so act one, is original as fuck. And then the second two acts are just the first movie made Repeated. over again with different mm -hmm. different characters, but the scenario is the exact same. I agree with you. I think the first half of the movie is really good, and then it kind of was like, ah, we all knew this was going to happen, right? But I mean, uh, before we jump guy, in, oh, yeah, yeah, let's finish the first before, one. Yeah, before we jump into that one, I have to say we meet Winston in the iconic, like, do you believe in da 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 da? Then we meet Walter Peck. And then they go to um, prison or jail. And uh, Dana gets possessed. And there's this song that plays like, after they release all the ghosts back, they shut the containment facility down. There's this song. Breathe. And yes. Do you believe in magic? Magic. That scene like as a that. little kid creeped me the fuck out. That whole entire scene. That's, I think, where Dan Aykroyd got to have a little bit of creative freedom because that's the creepiest scene in the entire movie mm -hmm. when all the ghosts are getting let loose on the city. And it's like, magic, magic. That song was perfection do you know who what, that was i'm gonna google it because i just put it in my notes like i love that song yeah but it's just I'm so perfect for that scene ghostbusters magic song is magic by mick smiley <laughs> never fucking heard of that guy it's a creepy name hey it's mick and smiley kids <laughs> it's not do you believe in magic it says i believe it's magic magic yeah i believe it's, it's magic, magic. so <laughs> i wonder like that song was already a thing then it wasn't written for the movie That's i cool. guess um while they're in jail they talk about some moldy babylonian god is going to come back it's and da, da, da. it's Marion. <laughs> thank you i love oh. that i love it's like it's such a dickish thing to do in that moment but he's so matter of fact that he can't let it slide <laughs> i know right i looked into the story it's all made up i really wish that it would have been true but there's the nothing architect? to it yeah, the architect. Okay. It's all yeah. He's just... got a he's got a cult of like a thousand followers, and they yeah, sacrifice and he, up on the. He built that building to. What's cool yeah, is no. that for the first twenty floors of that building are real, and then they did like a matte special effects matte painting for the, the mm. top part. I thought it looked great. I, I thought it looked great. It looked terrific, but I just you know I was like, dang, dang. the story wasn't real. As they go meet the know. mayor, though. Um, and so, this do you where... think it's weird that they had the plans with them in in jail? Yeah, they wouldn't have been able to get in there. That's with so. That. I have another plot hole from the beginning, where they get canned from the university. They just filmed an encounter with a ghost. Why doesn't he just show them that and say, "Hey, look, we're making headway. Look at this. We just filmed a fucking ghost." 
That's interesting. But did but they again, film it? He has the camera. I don't know if it ever actually shows him filming it. I think he was Yeah, too... because he's like taking a million pictures of it. Remember? And he's like clicking the camera over and over again. But he's got that in the camera library. with the special filter. It just showed up in the mail that day, like right before they went. So he was able to film it, but I don't know if he did. I know he was snapping pictures of stuff. But anyway, I just thought they just like had their first encounter and they didn't even like try to save their jobs by telling the guy that. Yeah, that. Well, they had to get kicked out for the rest of the movie to make exactly. sense. But the thing is, the the short amount of time they had to pull this off, you have months. to ignore the potholes. Like, I can't. You have I, to. I forgive Ghostbusters for having two or three, but they're not that big. So what? They had plans in jail. Did, you know, maybe he snuck them in <laughs> somehow. And Egon. they just, yeah, they were able to have this whole blueprint in jail. And uh, is everyone getting this? I love when Bill Murray says that because <laughs> everybody's kind of like watching. What, what was that know. thing he said? He said, uh, you better, so, you better, you better watch <laughs> out. Someone, you better be good for goodness sake. Someone's coming. <laughs> someone's coming. <laughs> it's almost like he's going to break into a Christmas song. You better watch out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, they go meet the mayor after that, and there's the iconic dickless scene. And oh, he's God like, no, cats and dogs living, living together. together. Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. Is, uh, <laughs> do you think that that dickless scene was improvised, or do you think that was written? Because it's so perfect. That is too good not to be written. I mean, dickless here shut off our power grid. Is this it's true. true. <laughs> this man has no dick. <laughs> I also think it's interesting that the the priest dude comes in and he has some kind of dominion over the mayor. Mm, and he gives him a kiss and he's like, hello, Lenny, or whatever he says. Yeah. And then there's rabbis jumping up and down when they're outside the building a little later. Mm -hmm. It's like all the religions are backing them. And you can tell how each character kind of is portrayed in the entire movie by their reaction to the crowd scene because Egon and Ray are totally like, oh my God, like what is going on? But Peter's like shaking hands and Peter's yeah, like we're here to save the day. Elon Musk yeah. on the red carpet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, what do you want me to do? Kiss your baby? Like it's like the whole, you know, egotistical thing. They mm -hmm. end up saving the day, right? They go to the apartment. There's this whole standoff. It's um, whatever they save the day. But what's interesting to me, what I wrote down notes for is that once the Ghostbusters like vanquished Gozer, the Gozerian, right? And they're all covered in the marshmallow ooze. Which um, is just shaving cream, I think. It looks so real to me, though. They're it does. It looks like melted marshmallow. But Peter's barely got all... any on him. Who's dick to um, Bill Murray suck to be like, I just want a little bit on my cheek. Just, the, just the other put a guys. little, little on my head. That's all. Don't get it on my face. Don't get it, it also, on my face. Like It's a good representation of his character, though. He like he can step in shit and come away clean every time. He's like, he's like <laughs> right. te Teflon Don. But th there's a scene after that where Dan Aykroyd tells um, Tully after they break him out of the dog thing, he goes, you were an unwilling participant in the biggest interdimensional cross rip since the Tunguska blast of 1909. And? 
It turns out there was a huge explosion in central Russia in 1908, what they call the result of a meteorite impact. And according to Wikipedia, okay, it flattened 80 million trees and caused a shock wave that that registered on the Richter scale. And so my question to you is, do you think the OG... Tunguska blast really was an interdimensional cross rip. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to side with Dan Aykroyd on this because he I also he, side. He would have looked into it extensively <laughs> if he was going to make a reference to it. To also, put that in the script, that's big. But here's the thing that I pulled up from earlier. Sadly, the Philadelphia mass turbulence of 1947 is not a thing that has happened. And it's this article about the Ghostbusters scene. So Damn. he just he just made that shit up. Possibly. That fucking sucks. I like that, though. I totally forgot about that one. I was kind of falling asleep near the end of the movie. I oh, just, I love I love the. uh the whole scene with that, I think she's a Hungarian actress with the flat top. Aim for the flat top. But yeah. Are, are you, you a, a god? god? Yeah. And Winston's great line. When someone asks you if you're a god. <laughs> you say yes, damn it. You say yes. <laughs> He's got some good one-liners that just kind of come out of nowhere. I think they're like, they knew that they shafted the part. He was just mm. happy to be a part of the movie. And he also did get a bigger part in the second one. So he did get a bigger part in the second one. But what people discount, which is one of the best scenes in Ghostbusters, is when Winston and Ray are in the car. I got notes about that. Yes. And he says um, something about, do you believe in God? And Dan Aykroyd says something. And he was like, I love Jesus's style. And they talk about the end times and they talk about the, the revelations and the revelation that, and that's Winston, which people don't give him credit for having a cooler part because he's literally brought well, the one that brought it up. I know. And then Ray like mentions this passage and Winston f- finishes it. And it's the sixth seal. And to me that I always ever since because I'm a huge Waco guy. And this is the 30th anniversary of Waco. Whenever I hear anything about the Seven Seals, I can't not think about David Koresh because his whole fucking shtick was him interpreting the Seven Seals of the Revelations in a way that no one ever had. That's why he had that cult. I'm sure you know. So, can you read it? Can you read us the uh, scripture that they were? Let me pull it up. Quoting Revelation Six Seal. Because I do think that it's kind of interesting to me that this is a movie where they mix paranormal, religion, and science, and they do it quite well. It's so all in there. phenomenal. Yep. So here is, what is the sixth seal in Revelation? I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. I looked when he opened the sixth seal and behold, there was a greater. Okay, so there's a whole bunch of interpretation of it after this. But and is then that, it, is that the this one they is read? when 
Yep, that's okay. the one they read, and then they go Judgment Day. Judgment. Day. I love how they're like it's all creepy and silent. And they're like, let's turn on the radio. Like let's get some uh-huh. music. Right, but so like as as far as that goes, I think it's an interesting tie in with Zool. And they're talking about the Sumerian god and blah, blah, blah. And Zul is a real creature that existed billions of years ago. And it says. Did you say billions or millions? uh, Millions of years ago, according to this uh, article I found. And it says, but in reality, the dog-like creature represented in Ghostbusters is a representation of the hounds of hell guarding the demigod Gozer as she is summoned in the end times and what's interesting right so what i've been harping on people is that i think the antichrist in real life will be female whether that be a born female or otherwise so elon musk is going to have a transition i swear (laughs) think about it colby hey i'm all about it I mean, trans, transgender, transhuman. I think transhumanism is the Antichrist personified myself, but. Everyone's looking for this male, this Antichrist being a man, but I think think it's going to be a female. I'm just Do you have anybody in mind? Any, any Not at the moment, but I. Maybe do they think haven't presented themselves yet, or herself. I don't yet. think so. Okay. Nope, I don't think so. When Elon's but kids be on maybe. the lookout and just know, Colby, look into my eyes. You heard it on the Cosmic Peach podcast first. <laughs> do you want to jump into Ghostbusters two real quick? Yeah, I did want to. Before we do that, can I mention some things about the cartoon that I find interesting? Yeah, go ahead. So the cartoon ran for fuck it was a few seasons it was one of my favorite saturday morning cartoons slimer is actually like a pet in that show he's you know he talks and shit did you ever watch any of it no i think it was before my time so peter is like redheaded and you know who does his voice at first is the guy that voiced garfield Really? Which is also weird because years later... He I later think, goes on to voice Garfield, yes, right? Yes, Bill Murray. So they must have some kind of sound alike because uh, huh. later Bill Murray does, I think after the actor died, the voice actor died. I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but I do believe Bill Murray was like given a handsome sum to voice Garfield in the, mm. the real movie. And then Bill Murray said, that guy sounds nothing like me. And so after that was, and this might just be circumstantial, I don't know. But after that comment was made by Bill Murray, they fired him and they got Dave Couillier, who played Joey on Full House. He voiced what? the guy for the, but, and he sounds more like him, but the other guy had like better timing, I think. It, just from what I remember, you can tell a difference. But uh, also this is, you know how I said uh, Ernie Hudson got the shaft? He mm-hmm. he auditioned to do, he must have been hurting for work after this. He auditioned to do his own fucking voice and they turned him down and wow. gave it to Arsenio Hall. I love you know? Arsenio Hall. Yeah, though. so that was Arsenio Hall was hot at the time. He'd just gotten his own show. He was fresh off uh tr- coming to America and he'd gotten his own late Dude, night show. Dude, I had a crush on Arsenio Hall for the longest time. It's super random, but like I just loved coming to America. I loved the character he played. He's cute. But I mean 
Yeah, he was so hilarious. If you can make me laugh, that's it. I love you. I don't know why that is, but like, um, some people it's laughter, some people it's food, you know, who knows? But um, I did also read something about the cartoon version of Janine Melnitz was completely different than the real life how they portrayed her in the first Ghostbusters and everybody was like you should redo her, her look they changed right her glasses. for the second movie she had mm -hmm. the rimmed glasses and the the horn rimmed glasses and they actually changed them and they ch they sexed her up a little bit I think yeah they did they definitely did because in the first one she has that real short haircut real plain jane and then in ghostbusters 2 she gets this makeover where she has this blunt cut bob it's super orangey coppery red and she's wearing bright red lipstick everything about her she looks like if you mixed daphne and velma into the same character Ooh, that's, that's janine melnitz right from the second one though mm -hmm. yeah in the second one yeah and then uh something else interesting that i learned about ghostbusters 2 is that the scene where they're in the courthouse the scolari brothers are modeled after the blues brothers mm -hmm. i can see that i didn't know that but as soon as you said it it makes perfect sense you know, um, something else that is like a weird tie-in is the little bastard kid from the birthday party that they go to at the beginning. He, of uh, I thought it was gonna be He-Man, <laughs> dude. That little asshole, shit, fuck, went on to be the director of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, that's because that's Ivan Reitman's son. Yeah, Jason Reitman. Right? Uh, yeah. I didn't know. So he just used his real kid for that role. Yep. I wondered if we were going to talk about Afterlife. I already showed you how much I hated the, the 2016. I uh, didn't hate reboot. Afterlife. No, I hated the reboot in 2016. With, but right, the all-female cast. I thought Afterlife was good. I dude, wasn't expecting I to like it. it. it I was fucking like, bought it. It's good. And it's, uh, dude, I don't care what you say. You have to love Paul Rudd. Like every every role cast, he's in. Like I wish they would have. I wish they would have cast someone else to play the mom. I think the I don't kids even know were who she is. Perfectly, they were. Yeah, yeah and, and it's she, funny too because the kid from Stranger Things, they had a Ghostbusters. I don't remember what season in Stranger Things where he's where they're doing the Ghostbusters Halloween costume. But, right. And then yeah. he gets to be in the movie Ghost, the sequel. It's technically a sequel, right? Yeah, it is. The other ones it are is. the other ones are reboot because there there's no original Ghostbusters in that universe. They're the first, and they get Chris so, Hemsworth to be the secretary. <laughs> it's stupid. It's too stupid to be an enjoyable movie. It's Afterlife, the example of instead of us making our own shit, let's just redo stuff men did, even though we think we're better. Like that's what I and it wasn't better at all. It, it wasn't was even garbage. Worth, it wasn't worth finishing, as far as I'm concerned. Like everybody's like, nope. oh, it's okay. No, anyway, sorry. So uh, afterlife, though, yeah. I think it, so. For me, it goes Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Two, Afterlife is the third installment of this timeline, right? Do you and think they'll continue? I think on that it? it's great. Yeah, I hope so. I hope fucking so. I love the the Stay Puffed uh, in the grocery store scene where they. I love. <laughs> They're a little you know cute what else fuckers. I love? It's 
set in Oklahoma. Oh, is that where it's at? And being an Oklahoman, I think that's extremely interesting because they find these caves and da 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 da, right? I was so sad. I'm not going to even pretend that I didn't cry at the end when they brought the ghost of Harold Egon back. Oh, I was like. (laughs) Because when did he die? Like a year? Recently. Was that movie maybe made yet? Years ago, two or three years ago, maybe. Do you know if that movie was filmed before he died? Because I think it's pretty close. I he think died, that he think was he supposed to be in it, but then he died. So they just did a hologram. Mm-hmm. They brought the other three back for that last scene. So fucking fantastic. What a blowout. Oh my God. I always thought and, in the they would bring Oscar back as an adult in the in whatever sequel happened. so i got some stuff on that but uh don't let me get ahead of myself okay. here so let's go on uh the guy who played janush was this the character was originally written as like this straight-laced character named jason um but after the actor this is the museum guy Yes. Yeah. The curator guy. So like after he read the script, he actually was the one who said that he thinks that Janusz should be like this flamboyant Eastern European curator guy. And so uh, he, he came up with this whole character that he, he thought it should be. And after they heard him out on that, they loved it and he was like you know what actually janush should be like of carpathian origin which would add like a whole nother connection to like him and Vigo. yeah because so, he's definitely got a connection with that fucking thing right and so they were like go for it do it all and imagine like he he he's memorable in that role the way it is i think he, some of the funniest parts in that movie came from Janusz. You know what my favorite line is? I don't remember which character asks him where he's from. He's like, the Upper West Side? Upper West. (laughs) My sister (laughs) says that line to this day. The Upper Upper West West Side? side? (laughs) He's like asking him what the fucking accent's all about, basically. And it's like... (laughs) Where are you from anyways, Johnny? And he's like, Upper West Side? <laughs> you know, I, right. I've only seen that actor in one other movie. And it's Sophie's Choice. I think Choice. I've seen him in a couple movies. He yeah, did Sophie's, some Sophie's other Choice stuff, right? Sophie's Choice is the only one I could, I could think of that I've seen him in. Have you been keeping up with my show at all? Yeah, I listen to... So it's... I listen to it sporadically. I've tried to keep up with so many. I uh, no, no, Nick. I was just curious because yeah. I recently did um a episode with my cousin and my brother, and we went to the Franklin Castle, this oh, yeah. super haunted that, place. That one's on my queue right now. So your brother, the musician? Yes. So He's um sweet. Oh, you'll love it, Colby. So, like my brother and my cousin and I went to this super haunted Brian? place, and yeah, uh we did a tour of it, but our tour guide was fucking Janusz. Did you like, talk about everything that in the episode? About him. Yes. And <laughs> it was like, if if the kid from the Burbs that said it came with the frame and Janusz had a baby, <laughs> this is the guy that was taking us on a tour. That of sounds place. unsettling. 
<laughs> I know, right? But like there was so many scenes at the beginning with Dana where he's he says, Do I have a bad breath or something? Or it's like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he might be like one of the funniest parts of that movie. Oh, he is for sure. Yeah. And he goes to check on Dana after this big power outage, and he's like, Yoo-hoo! And she's like, Oh, be quiet, the baby's sleeping. And he's like, Oh, I'm sorry, I would. <laughs> It's just everything about his character is hilarious. Now, here's where it takes a sinister turn. Are you ready, Colby? Always ready for a sinister turn. Now, the role of Dana's son, Oscar, was played by newborn twins. Of course, that's common because of the the laws with how how long they can be working. Like Mary Kate and Ashley in Full House kind of thing, right? The big daddy kid. These twins. Now, are you ready? It was played by Hank and William Duchendorfen. No fucking way. So this is John Denver's relatives? The nephews of folk singer John Denver. I only know about John Duchendorfen from the fucking episode <laughs> we did about Laurel Canyon together. I didn't know that was his fucking surname. Boom! That is John. De- so is it his? It's got to be his brother's kids then. Yes, his brothers. And kids. they named him Hank and William. Hank wow. and William Duchendorfen. That is a find. Now, that is a find right there. Listen to this shit. Tragically, Hank struggled with severe mental illness. He was diagnosed with DID schizophrenic disorder bipolar schizophrenia and anxiety attacks which ultimately led to him taking his own life at age 29 in 2017 and since his brother's death william duchendorfen has worked extensively to promote awareness of mental health issues and suicide prevention first off we got twins John Denver, like the whole connection, DID. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about MK Ultra on oh, these kids, one hundred percent. Colby, give me. I that mean, I, the fucking family is enough for me to even like entertain that idea. But the fact that he's disassociating, he's schizophrenic, and he was in the movies when he was fucking not even old enough to walk. Ghostbusters Part Two. Oh, I didn't think this was going to get dark. Ghostbusters. Oh, shit. Like, that is absolutely mind-blowing. So, did Ivan Reitman produce the second Ghostbusters? I know he produced the first one. Did he? Yes, he did. So, he's the the, the head honcho of this production. Mm -hmm. That's that's too bad. I didn't want this to have any of that kind of stuff in it, but apparently you can't fucking touch a mainstream movie without some kind of twisted little thing like this or i this was hank or william so hank and william starred in the movie but hank was the one who killed himself pour one out for hank right now yep let's take a cheers right here that was supposed to be accident but clinky clink cheers you will not be forgotten hank duchendorfen So along with the more sinister ties, I've done a lot of research on the Nephilim. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I and love those episodes. A lot of the fairy folklore comes from Nephilim. Mm-hmm. Um, like they were really real and they're considered fairies, but that was just like a bloodline of Nephilim. What about giants? And, Are they yeah, giants same thing, okay. same thing. And Dan Aykroyd actually wrote the script for Ghostbusters 2 to take place in Scotland. And he wanted them to be hunting subterranean fairy folk. You know, he never gets his way. His first draft, I I was just like, hey, come back when you got $200 million, Dan. I know, right? Do you remember the soundtrack for Ghostbusters 2? Is it as iconic as the first one? Yeah, because there's that song by Bobby Brown. And it's called like on our way or something like that or like on our on our own i'm like trying to remember the title and i just can't but it's it's the song that says wake up wake up wake up you know that song i i really wanted to actually put that as part of my intro i was going to make a new intro and include that song as part of it but it just was really long and i couldn't find the perfect segment to include it into the intro but that song is like a conspiracy theorist in a nutshell and i love that song it was actually a number one outside of the movie for a couple of weeks because it was just such a catchy song um but along the same kind of like sinister taste in our mouth which i don't want to spend too much time on it but we've got to talk about everything right the vigo the carpathian in the painting uh he was the full name of the character in the movie was Vigo von Homburg Duchendorfen. What? They included. What the fuck? Colby, they included the last name. Why? Into the character's name. That's weird. <laughs> you can Google it. I believe you, Google... you. I just fucking think it's weird. Yeah. So. Vigo the Carpathian, like the full name is Vigo von Homburg Duchendorfen. So does John Denver, besides having nephews in this movie, have anything to do with the movie? No, not really, other than his last name and his nephews, but it's just... That's not like a common name. Maybe it is in Germany. Yeah, but what if it's like Anderson in Germany or some shit? No, come on. I've I've never heard it. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's pretty specific. I've never been to Germany either, but you know. But so this is the scourge of Carpathia, the sorrow of Moldavia. And this character in the movie, history would remember as a powerful magician, an intelligent genius, but also an oppressive tyrant, an egotistical uh, aristocrat, a psychopath psychopathic lunatic a genocidal madman and his titles also included vigo the cruel vigo the torturer vigo the despised vigo the unholy vigo the impaler right uh bankman says wasn't he also remembered as vigo the butch (laughs) i love that part it's i can't i can't i 
can't wrap my mind around this Duchendorfen thing because Dude. he's he's literally trying to put himself into the body of this kid who's the Duchendorfen yes! twins. And then one goes on to murder himself later in life. Okay. Colby. Now, okay. this this Vigo the Carpathian character was the final boss in the video games that were based on the Ghostbusters 2. And he was like the main antagonist in the adventure. Um, and in the game, to defeat his defenses and approach him, let's see here, the players had to utilize effigies of the Tin Man, Scarecrow, and Cowardly Lion from w the Wizard of Oz. And in the original cut of Ghostbusters 2, when Vigo's painting melts, the Ghostbusters are shown as the Wizard of Oz characters. In the original script? Yes. Or the so this is this is after he canned the Scotland idea. Yep. Okay, so that's interesting. A little Wizard of Oz tie-in. So now we have in the original script them being in Scotland, defeating fairy folk with John Denver's nephews and it turning into Wizard of Oz characters in the end. God damn, Ghostbusters 2. Wow. Can I get a holla? <laughs> uh, I was going to watch this. After, so I, I told Julia before we started recording that I thought I was going to have time because I watched Ghostbusters 1 two nights ago. I was going to watch Ghostbusters 2 right before we recorded, but I ended up getting my time wrong. So I haven't watched this movie in like five years at least. So now that you've told me all this shit, I'm going to watch this tonight and I might get possessed. I don't fucking know. If you do, just text me so I can say some prayers for you. Okay, I will. Thank you. Thoughts what do prayers. you think about all that, though? Like, I mean, I didn't think that this episode was going to go down that path because I didn't know any of this stuff. And that's it's tripping me out. Like, I... You know, I, a lot of people that do conspiracy kind of stay away from the fantastical stuff and they just want like, but I love the paranormal Me ethereal too. elements of it. And Hollywood has become one of my, cause I used to want, like I moved to Hollywood right after I graduated high school, I was going to be a screenwriter and I ended up going to film school in Arizona instead because it didn't work out in LA and that place creeped me the fuck out and if i would have known back then all everything i own now i would I, I wouldn't even gone there but right having been there and having walked hollywood boulevard and vine and all that stuff i never did go to laurel canyon i wish i would have mm. but uh there's something about that place and now every fucking innocent movie from ghostbusters 2 on has some kind of weird ass tie to this shit and it's only for like those who have the eyes to see because on surface level, it's just a comedy. But then you dig a little deeper and it's like, why are John Denver's nephews in this movie? Like of all the kids you could have chosen, why them? And they just needed just, some twins. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if I'm going to rate one to 10 Slimers, Ghostbusters part one gets 10 Slimers. Ghostbusters Part 2 gets 8 Slimers, and Ghostbusters Afterlife gets 10 Slimers. Oh, wow. You liked the mm -hmm. third one that much. Okay, yes, I'm going to go 
10 Slammers for the original. I'm going to go, I'm going to give you a Davy Wavy number and I'm going to go six <laughs> and a half on Ghostbusters 2. And 6.5 I'm, Slammers. 6.33. And I'm going to give <laughs> uh, Afterlife 8 because I was expecting a 4 and it blew my mind because mm-hmm. they, who wrote that script? Do you know off the top of your head? I can Google it. It really wasn't quick. Dan Aykroyd. I don't know. But whoever it was- did it, they focused on this little girl who is the clearly on the spectrum uh, mm-hmm. grandchild of Egon. And she did such a good job. And I love that they have a character named Podcast. <laughs> you yeah. know, the. That, I that love... is the best addition they could have possibly done is include a podcast. So I was watching this with a group of friends when it first came out and they said podcast. They called that and everybody just looked at me like because I'm <laughs> I'm the podcaster in my friend group. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. I just need a But little... you know what, Colby, just to tie in like with what you were saying earlier, he was a conspiracy theorist. Exactly. Podcaster. He exactly. wasn't a paranormal. No, podcaster. He, he was me. Like that's yes. why everybody looked at me like that. Because and he's always recording. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was like, "Say that into the microphone," and he talked about what lizard people, mm-hmm. Beyonce, like all. I was like, "How did they even? How is this even in this movie?" It's such a perfect because it, it held true. I mean, if they would have like let Kate McKinnon and Melissa McCarthy write it. Jason Reitman. He wrote it? Yep. So he's the little punk ass bitch from the. I thought it was going to be He Man. Yeah. The little face asshole. He Man. I love that scene because you can tell, like, we to harken back to that scene in the car where they're discussing the end times, you can tell that Ray and Winston kind of have bonded throughout the five years. They're like best buds. I know. And then it picks back up with that in Ghostbusters 2. Do you remember the scene? (laughs) Do you remember the scene where they're like in the underground tunnels under New York and the they're like calling out names or whatever and then the train the ghost train comes and it passes through winston and he's like, he's like ah! it reminds me of the slammer scene from first one where he's like ah! <laughs> winston got better scenes in, in Ghostbusters. He, yeah i too, think they sure. really made up for shaft in him in the first one yeah for sure and ernie and- hudson's gone on to do such great things too i loved his character because he was like the proverbial like whatever you say uh kind of you know go with the flow but also like fuck you white guys like i'm not doing that but at the same time he's like i'll do it oh when what you just reminded me of one of my favorite lines that he says in the first one when they're talking to the mayor and he's like since i joined these guys i've seen shit that'll turn you white That's right. Yeah, it's just like, and I, as a little kid, I thought it meant that it, you, the blood left your face, but you know, I think it meant no. something else. <laughs> right. There was a scene in the second one. Um, I talked about this a little bit on my Patreon because something really weird happened to me like a couple uh, weeks ago, but there's a scene in Ghostbusters 2 where they're trying to drill down to the River of Slime. 
and Egon's like with the cutter. Is that where they're wearing the con- the hard hats and the construction? Yeah. yeah. And the cops stopping him and they're like, "Why are you cutting?" And he's like, "Oh, I don't know." And yeah, he Bill goes Murray in this the Bronx <laughs> accent, like, oh, do, 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 yeah. Do. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "What do you mean? Why am I cutting?" What? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so. Like a couple weeks ago, and I told Davey Wavy about this. I don't know if he told you or not, but like I had this weird thing happen to me where I was watching Ghostbusters 2, and it was right at that scene where they're doing the cutting. And I was like laughing. And you know, when you watch something that you've watched a million times for some reason, it's easier for you to like go to sleep. <laughs> it's That's like why watching I fell asleep the... to Ghostbusters one the other night. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just relaxing and you're just kind of going along with the flow. And it was right at that scene and I fell asleep. And then I remember I woke up and the TV was off and it was completely dark in my room. And I swear to God, like I had like this whole conversation with my husband and then I kind of rolled over and I saw him come in from the hallway into the bedroom, into the bathroom. And I clicked on my lamp on the side of my bed and it turned out that he was in the bathroom the whole time. And he swears to God that I was super high and I imagined the whole thing, but I'm telling you a five milligram weed gummy does not cause hallucinations. Like I had, you're you're no, like, you're no like stranger to the edibles, right? No, that's the thing. Colby is like, I had a whole conversation with him and he, and then I saw him come in and I was like, are you trying to scare me? And then I look over in the bed and like the, the blanket is perfectly straight and like nobody's been in the bed on his side. And he told me that I was so high, I was imagining it. And I said, I've taken weed gummies every night for the last like six months and I wasn't hallucinating. I promise you, I wasn't so high that I imagined it. And he thinks I was dreaming or sleeping or whatever, but it was during Ghostbusters 2 and I fell asleep during that scene where they were like doing the cutting or whatever. And now that I know all the shit about I was gonna the say, original was it, was script it Hank? and Hank was in I, your house. It's a cursed movie, right? Like the freaking that one that killed John Candy. Maybe a it's nuke? cursed. I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, I'm going to watch it tonight and see if anything weird happens to me because you, you have you, to look for the subtleties too. got me wanting too. to watch it. Yeah, I, I'll take notes as if we haven't done this yet and tell you if I've noticed anything we didn't talk about. But I just I really it just takes me back to my childhood. But now that I know Ghostbusters 2 has this element to it, it's kind of creepy. And something else that I wanted to mention that I didn't even put in my notes I don't know why I didn't put it in my notes, but do you remember the beginning of Ghostbusters 2? Um, Peter Venkman's is now the host of a talk I, show. I, I, I actually watched that scene last night because they I was just scrolling through YouTube and they have the first 10 minutes for free. That is, to me, equally as good as the cards, the ESP experiment from the first one. Because when he's like, Talking to the guy, he's like giving him shit. Like, well, your book sales are really gonna suffer if the fucking world ends this this New Year's. <laughs> and then like, when he's talking to her, and she's like, "Well, and she's such a cool little character. Like, she's so mousy and just like, yeah, this alien in a bar. 
took me to his hotel room and he said, it's Valentine's Day. What was it, 2016? That's when he told me about the end of the world. Valentine's like, Day. Bummer. <laughs> so your, your alien had a room at the Holiday Inn Paramus. <laughs> I don't know if it was a room or if it was a room on the spaceship made to look like a room at the Holiday Inn. But and it's like so it's just like so iconic he's just like shit talking like right to their faces like oh, okay yeah yeah i'd say it's, sure. it's safe to say peter found his niche little mm-hmm. paranormal fucking talk show where he can just talk shit to the guests but it goes back to the first one because when he's in dana's apartment she goes you don't remind me of a scientist you're oh. more like a you're more like a talk show host. Game, she says game show game show host yeah but yeah i mean that is a good connection never mm-hmm. thought of that yeah but think of like the speech he gives at the end like when he's wrapping up his episode he said yeah that's the thing with aliens you know you meet a nice one every now and again et Starman, but most of the time they turn out just to be a big lizard <laughs> That's right. He included a lizard person like right there at the end. You know, and they're so ahead of their time with these references. There's something that I took a note on from the first one that we didn't talk about where uh, Dana's reading a magazine and she's like, yeah, you know, you should really look into this. And he's like, print is dead. He said that in 1984. Print is dead. This is before the fucking Internet. Mm-hmm. E- Egon was ahead of his time. And that's when she was like, oh, I do racquetball. And it's <laughs> like, what are you into? I collect mold spores and fungus. For 400 in quotes on <laughs> Ghostbusters Jeopardy. I mean, there's so many scenes that it's like impossible to cover everything just in one episode. Well, we did two but- movies. I think that we we killed it though. I mean, that's that's the basis of Ghostbusters. I want which... to ask you something though about the second. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. What is your theory on the pink slime? What do you think about it? Is that a, like that, a reference like, to something? Because it reacts to um, the emotions. I think that it could be based in something real because it's a psychoactive slime, is what they say. Yeah, and think about that they win in the end because they positively charge mm-hmm. the slime yeah. which there's this whole lady liberty connection back to like why the fuck did they choose to do that but i don't know Cole. oh like, i, I forgot that about that they get real. the statue of liberty to walk that that is yeah i'm just i'm definitely gonna watch this movie tonight douche come and a- get me they put it into a toaster and then they play music oh, and it like pops all around the I table and that shit. Do you too. remember that? I, I, I'm just remembering how much I love the second movie. I said six, five. I'll, if I change my answer on that, I'll let you, I said 6.33 in the end, but I'll let you know if I change it. Cause that fucking toaster scene where they put the music on and it starts dancing. I think you will. I think you're going to change your rating because the there's that courtroom scene I was talking about earlier with the brothers. And uh he says some really iconic stuff and I'll probably include some quotes from that scene in this episode. But 
when they turn on their accelerator packs for the first time in five years, they click them on individually, right? And he's like, do Egon. Yeah, because Ray gets like a smile on his face when he gets to say his own name. I forgot about that too, but as soon as Think you Think about said it, it, Colby. Eight Slimers at least. Give me right. a break. Julia, I will get back to you on my revised rating if there is one after I watch it again. Because I'm remembering now all these references you're making that it is not exactly a remake of the first one in the second mm. and third act. It's definitely I mean, got some originality. Line... Yeah, but that's okay. Sequels are kind of like that sometimes. Right. I mean, it was supposed to be so set too. in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, which uh, I know, think would have been really interesting. You know, Ivan Reitman, this is another little trivia fact, when Dana is possessed, which is also, the, so the cards in the beginning is my favorite scene in that movie, but the, the scene where he is walked into her apartment when she's possessed, and he, the whole <laughs> interaction where he's like, she's like, I want you inside of me. He's like, well... You know, there's already at least two people in there. I don't know if there's room. <laughs> and uh, so everybody thinks Vakeman is so creepy. And it's like, dude, he had a chance to quote unquote date rape this chick. But why did he have Thorazine on him? Because he's a psychiatrist, <laughs> right? No, he's a psychologist. If he was a psychiatrist, I would get that. Oh, uh, like so... a lot of people are like, so I did listen to some podcasts to see what other people had to say about it. And one guy was like, You'd only bring Thorazine on a date if you had ill intentions. It's like, yeah, but he had the chance. And, and I love, you know, he's not even freaked out with when, when uh, there is no Dana, there is only Zool. He's like, what a lovely singing voice you must have. <laughs> but you know whose voice that is of possessed Dana? No. That's Ivan Reitman doing that. Dude. Yeah. See, it's like I get it. It was low budget, so they only had so much to work with. But the and he knew what movie... he wanted too. Like he kind of mm -hmm. probably just had it in his head. He probably had some kind of like one of those things you talk into, and he made it. It sounds fucking great. Yep, there is no Dana, only Zool. You know. Oh, here's another tidbit about that part. So Sigourney Weaver, when she auditioned for what's her name, Dana. Oh, I call. Yeah, I called the, the wrong person Dana earlier when I was talking about Janine. Anyway, Dana, so when she auditioned for Dana, she went in there. She didn't say any words. She didn't read the audition that they gave her. She just fucking got on her hands and knees and started acting like a dog. She wanted this <gasps> role so bad that she was like, how can I stand out? She And she's fresh off Alien at this point because I think the original Alien was 79, I think. So that's five years. But that ties that. back to my last breakdown where we talked about Sigourney Weaver and all of the alien movies. And it's like she always gets involved in like oh, weird occultic The one movies. you did with uh Drew. Yeah. 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 She yeah, she, yes, she wanted something this about part her. so bad. She was she in crawled Avatar. around like a dog. Yeah, and I bet you Think Ivan was just that. like, dude, let's just give her the role. Shit. She went above <laughs> and beyond. And that's kind of the reaction she was going for, probably, but um but so colby julia can you tell the listeners where they can find more of your content what it is you cover on your show and uh, what it is that you have going on 
Uh, you know, for the main show is Conspiracy Playtime. And if you just do that all one word, conspiracyplaytime.com, that'll take you to our website where if our episodes have been removed from YouTube, you'll get directed to Rumble. And that show, what we always said from the beginning was we cover anything conspiratorial, paranormal, metaphysical. We even edge into true crime at times. One of our best episodes is the Franklin Scandal episode that got taken down on YouTube a year and a half after we posted it, oddly enough. Uh, I also have a show called Disinfobation, which is just a weekly show where a friend of Dusty at Utruthcast on Twitter, he and I get together and just talk shit about current events. And we talk as much nasty shit about politicians, <laughs> Hollywood, just all the bullshit, you know, just like we're court jesters who are mm-hmm. usually I'm pretty drunk in that one. And he's he's an he's a veteran. He's jaded. He he knows what's going on. He's seen it firsthand. Uh, so, yeah, those are where you can find me. And I would also since I'm going to post this as a bonus on my feed, if you could like plug your shit, too. Yeah, thank you for that. So, of course, I'm Julia. I'm the host of the Cosmic Peach podcast. And I covered pretty much what Colby said, like, you know, we do conspiracy, paranormal, supernatural stuff, mysteries, and I dabble into the true crime, but only if there's a conspiracy involved, like the Franklin cover-up, which actually goes hand in hand with Johnny Gosh and a lot Uh, of the... That episode of yours made me decide that i'm gonna do your patreon because i have to listen to the rest of that man i found some shit with that johnny gosh stuff that will just change uh, the and game you saved forever. it all for the patreon part too because i was I like i have to yeah, i know listen. i know it's it's genius and you know what i quit patreon i used to have three people i subscribed to but after they kicked off james corbett and whitney webb i did a boycott but you're gonna bring me back into the patreon fold well i'll tell you what ryan dean I, also I, Man, I got to take care of the patrons first because they're what helps me get new equipment and like do all the things. Really awesome that you do that two three seven thing. (laughs) Thank you. That's a good hook. Like if I didn't have access to you as a fellow podcaster, I'd be intrigued enough to do it. So that's let me tell you something, Colby. If you sign up for the Patreon right now, there's free gift that you will want to have if you right. so uh, if you were ever going to do it now's the time because i got a free how long gift. is this deal because i get paid in two weeks uh while supplies last but okay. i'll put one aside i'll for risk you. it i'll wait until uh it's going to be the first week of july july since 8th. well since you helped me with this episode i'll put one aside for you and i'll give you the more details after we're done recording but it is a patreon exclusive gift um, just to say thank you for everyone who's supporting the show. Um, and uh, the Patreon is really just so I don't get full episodes removed. If I can put half of the episode on and save the rest for Patreon, I know nothing will ever happen to it. Yeah. And that's that's just, you know, one of the pluses. But uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you for inviting me when you told me, because I know you're a big horror movie fan. When you told me it was Ghostbusters you wanted to cover. I was elated just because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, me too. Talk about an 80s classic. But uh, as a a concluding question, um, Colby, if there's something strange in your neighborhood, who are you going to call? 
Bill Murray. <laughs> He's my top two. Oh, of course, it's the Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. <laughs> Bill Murray is my spirit animal, though. After rewatching it recently, I just keep coming back to that. Like mine is Ginny Melnitz. Oh, there you go. See, I'm such. A, <laughs> you and I would have some odd interactions then. Like, hey, right. Julia, pay, type something, will you? We're paying you for this. <laughs> right. But just, he is such, he's so dry and sarcastic. And I feel like maybe he had some kind of influence on me after watching it so many times as a kid. That's okay, because he's iconic. And uh, as long as it's not the character from What About Bob, I'm cool with that. <laughs> Yeah. But thank you so much. And to all my listeners, thank you. And uh, we will catch you on the next one.